The powers of the universe had brought three malevolent minds together to form an unorthodox alliance. Through the marvels of technology and by the power of Craig, you have found them. First, there's Cat. Holds the powers of dark knowledge, horror movies, and too much true crime. And then there's Keller. With dominion over the bot Craig, she wields control over technological forces and has possession of the sacred written word. And then there's me, Dick, the keeper of the ancient films and knower of all facts that are fun. And together with their powers combined, they are the Clip Critics. I don't even care tonight. I, I don't... Hi, Garrick! I don't want to be here for the next three hours. So, okay. Here's she does. Thing. We're keeping her there three hours. You know, shut up. I'm talking. Here's the thing. We are recording this episode early because somebody who we shall rename, remain nameless, Richard, is abandoning us on Sunday. Lord, so, for two Sundays. Yeah, for two Sundays. So this, I normally we say fuck it, we run it live, but unfortunately this week we are recording early. So this is actually Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. We were you're still hearing Monday. it on Sunday. Yes, you're going to hear this on Sunday, but we recorded this Tuesday, so we are actually in the past currently. We're in the future. Yes, we are going to be in the past, and you will be in the future. Huzzah! Anyways, <laughs> huzzah! At seven o'clock on Tuesday nights, and I don't want to be here for the next three hours because it is currently, according to my computer, eighty-four fucking degrees outside at seven o'clock at night and honestly, yeah. I northeast and i want to go swim in richard's pool so fuck this goddamn podcast i want to go swimming <laughs> i mean if we had waterproof equipment you could do it while swimming and that'd be fun that would you know be really what? fun, that would be really fun. If we ever have that i want to do jaws oh uh, well yeah <laughs> I have to watch the new Jaws. I saw the the commercial for it in rehab. Jaws. They well, I'm calling it New Jaws because it's. I, I feel like it's millennial version of their. You know how every generation oh, since yeah, Jaws yeah. has tried to do Jaws better. I was in rehab and we're getting ready to watch a movie, and all of a sudden we're seeing an ad, and I'm like, "What is this bonkers movie?" Hey, we can hear whatever you're doing, Richard. Oh, really? Sorry. Yeah, I was like, what is that disembodied I was trying voice? to turn it down because Josh started talking oh, and it came through my phone. And I'm like, oops, I didn't shut off Marco. I was like, disembodied voice. Is it God? Um, no, it's Josh. It's just Josh. Um, yeah, and we're watching it and it's like the ocean and down and all these things and the big... And it turns out to be a shark movie, but it's like a giant shark. And a, the we're all we'll guessing. See? Is it Meg? It's Meg. It's the Meg. It's the Meg. We, were all, we were all guessing what they would call it. And we're like, teeth, big ass fish. They, and they're like, the Meg. And we all went, boo, do better. <laughs> so I have this weird fear of snakes that's gotten more mild. No. Oh, come on. It's gotten more mild over the years. But there was this commercial for something of the it was something with the Amazon. It 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 was it was it was a python like it would be the depth of the Amazon and it looked like they were going to do this big treasure hunting thing and blah 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 and it was an anaconda movie. Oh, and, oh no. 
And it would suck me in. And this wasn't a one-time occurrence. I was going to the drive-ins every week for like six weeks. And it was sucking me in every time. It'd be like, ooh, what is this? And every time the snake comes leaping out at you. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, fortunately, you're at a drive-in, so you expect cars to be moving. But man, not okay. They catapult that snake at you several times, too. It's, it was something it Curse of the Black lot. Orchid or Curse of the Orchid or... It was an Anaconda movie, something Curse of the Orchid. Looked fantastic. If they left the snake out of it, I probably would have watched. <laughs> Look at this, this wonderful is- movie. They don't make geese movies, so I'm safe. <laughs> Ooh, they should, though. They should. Someone. I have Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. No, geese are terrifying. They have teeth. Anyways, we're they here. Do. We're here on the Stupid Hot Tuesday night slash Sunday morning to talk about... Our Tuesday, your Sunday. I have an announcement to make. Texas has a whorehouse in it. Yeah. Someone should close that shit down. It's an atrocity. whorehouse in Texas because it's run by Dolly Parton. I mean, who doesn't want Dolly Parton as a madam? I mean... She was a great madam. I would be fantastic. I don't even like sex. I just want to hang out. It seems nice. I mean, you're not wrong. I also, after watching the documentary of just Dolly being Dolly, I I will admit it was pretty fun to see her in long floor-length dresses with big low-cut things. She looked great. She's just fucking gorgeous all the time. Her outfits in that movie, though, were amazing. The costuming in this movie is fun. And honestly, I, I know it's going to sound really weird coming from me, but her my favorite outfit of hers was the one that she her little her little baby doll outfit that she was wearing. I think it was mostly because it was black with orange orange trim. I, <laughs> bias. I am biased. I like orange. <laughs> I think my favorite one was the and it reminded me very much of another dress I've seen in a movie. It was when she comes out in the black one with the big fan, the big black fan in her hand. Yeah. Which gave me very matron mama Morton vibes from Chicago. And I I love anything with like an armband and a big ass fan. Give me all of it. Yeah. Oh, you know what I just thought of? It's completely out off topic, but it's not at the same time. I want to see her, even if she just does the one line. I want to see her do the Jessica Rabbit. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Uh-huh. Me too. I was just like a snippet of yes, with the red dress and the hair and the. I'm not bad. I'm. Just, I. I want to see it now because I think she'd make a really good Jessica Rabbit. Okay. Get at us. Seriously, Dolly, Dolly, if you're listening, please. I have one request before I die. <laughs> just, just do it real quick. Release it on the internet, and we'll die happy over here. Thank you so much. I'm sure, you're a very busy lady. His costuming, not pastor, he's a TV vigilante, I guess. His costuming is fucking bananas, too. With that crazy-ass bowl cut and the bonkers-ass shirts. He is fucking spazzy-looking, dude. Sock in his pants. Uh, <laughs> yeah! Oh and he's like, God. when you're watching him, like, put the cincher on. Yeah. And his shoulder pads. He looks like Captain Crunch. Oh my god, he does! He looks like a young Captain Crunch. All he needs is his hat. I love Tom DeLuise, though. 
Dom DeLuise is hysterical, and that's who we are talking about, folks. He did a voice of of the cat on American Tail. He was. Oh, that's where I recognize it. I love that. Hey, that makes sense. Yeah, he was in the, the remake to Burke's Law. His son was the father on um, um, Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh shit! Yeah, I love him. Yeah. So and Dom DeLuise uh, lived in Vermont. Oh, <laughs> like for a period of time, or just like ha- owns a house? Oh no. Um, let me actually see if he is. He might actually be from Vermont. No way. Uh, let me go into his you Wikipedia so page. Repre- representation. Can please people say that they're from Vermont when they're from Vermont? There is nope. a slew of celebrities out there that are from here and don't like to talk about it. It's so he was originally from Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Oh, okay. And he had a house down in Manchester. Vermont? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Vermont. Okay. Back um, when he was doing his chef stuff, at one point he, you could buy his seasonings in the store. Dom DeLuise. Okay. That's awesome. And he's done voice work for so much. Oh, yeah. And he was in a Doris Day movie I love called um, Glass Bottom Boat. But um, he was he did voices in the Secret of Nim. <gasps> Who's he in the Secret of Nim? Uh, Jeremy. No. The bird. Yeah. Hi. I love Jeremy. He was in Spaceballs as Pizza the Hut, just the voice. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Pizza the Hut. He was Tiger in American Tail. He was in <laughs> Happily Ever After as the Looking Glass and Magic Mirror. Oh. He was in American wow, Tale Five Goes West. Yep. Robin, Robin Hood Men in Tights. He was Don Giovanni. <laughs> oh. Troll in Central Park. He was Stanley. All Dogs Go to Heaven. He was Itchy Itchiford. Oh, I love that movie. I knew him from. I knew I knew him from. Yeah, Itchy. Oh, Itchy. Oh, I'm still not okay. Oh. Yeah, he was in a. He's been in a lot of stuff more than, more than you realize. He's one of those. Even if you don't know, you know. Right. I want to do all dogs go to heaven, but I don't want to relive that part of my childhood because it always makes me sad. I rewatched that movie recently with Orion, like a couple months ago, and he said it was um, dark and sad. He found it to be a depressing movie. Yeah. That- was not like fun for kid and he didn't really understand why I so, would watch it intentionally. So so you know he owned the house down in Dorset, Dorset, Manchester area since nineteen mm-hmm. seventy. Oh wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So up to current? Uh up to he, when he died in two thousand nine. Oh. Yeah, he died at seventy five years old. Well thanks for leaving us all your wonderful talent, sir. You were yeah. a joy. You were a hilarious joy. I really liked you in Fightful Goes West. Yeah, <laughs> wowie. But in the best little whorehouse in Texas, he's a dick. He is. Oh, he's an absolute <gasps> monster. This was like one of the characters that I was like, I understand this character because of my culty weird, my weird cult obsession. I was like, I know this guy. I can work with this guy because I know him. He's bonkers. He's a crazy person. Someone should give him a volume very quickly. And he wears a sock. (laughs) And shoulder pads and a corset. But that sock. I guess it's a cincher. That sock. Oh my goodness. That was was amazing. 
But it's I like it like I liked his character just position because I could understand what it is. It's the like insecurity in yourself translates into being insecure about other people's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, if you're not secure if you're insecure about yourself, you're gonna be insecure about the world around you and you're gonna pry into other people's shit to expose them because you don't want people poking at you. Yeah. And figuring out that you're wearing cinchers and shoulder pads, you crazy person. Calm down. Penis look huge. Yeah. Exactly. So, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas is the fourth highest grossing live action film of the 1980s and the top grossing of 1982. Although that information does come from Wikipedia, Wikipedia may not be a correct source. It's a good jumping off point, but it shouldn't necessarily be taken for granted because anybody can jump onto Wikipedia and edit Everything. That's what I was just going to say. The problem with Wikipedia isn't so much that the information is flat out wrong. It's just that it is contributed to at random by everyone and not checked. So, so it does mean that when you read something, you should research it further before dismissing it. Do not yes. let us be your life teachers, please. Go read, learn, educate yourself. I think in Catherine the Great, she says, when you get to Paris, close your legs and open a book. Yeah. Which she probably stole from this movie, actually. The more I think about it. That's amazing. Um, if you learn anything from us, it's do your own research. Yes. And go watch these fucking movies. Go watch movies. All the movies. Go learn you yourself and do better. Rah, rah, rah. better. That's Aryanism. Right Damn straight. <laughs> better. Rah, 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 rah. better rah, rah. Anyway. So we so we open on a narrative thing, right? Where it's the deputy telling us about, or which is like he's adorable and innocent, and and this is one of the things where I'm like, I get that they're trying to be cute. He reminds me that they're trying to be funny. The deputy from the Andy Griffiths show. I didn't watch the Andy Griffiths show. No, no, I think I he missed the train on that. Oh my god, he gives me the deputy vibes. Doesn't he give you the deputy vibes, Richard? I was kind of thinking he might be the deputy. Uh he is. Uh no, he, he was okay. in he's in Andy Griffith. So he's okay. he's is he he's, also the deputy? He's no. not. No, Don Knotts is the actual deputy. But he's, I didn't know if he was an officer, but no, he he but he was in the Andy Griffith show. His name is Jim Neighbors. Okay, but he gives off those vibes of the deputy. Yeah, he he plays Gomer Pyle in the deputy in in Andy Griffith, and he oh. had his own spinoff series, Gomer Pyle USMC. So oh, so he was liked as a character if he got a branch off series. Yeah, and his character was the character from Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It's the character he played. It's the only character that I've ever seen him play. He did a voice in The Rescuers as one of the one of the little animals that is in the swamp. For God's sakes, you know. Um, Was it the same kind of vibe? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so he's one of those actors that does what he does, and he does it well. And yeah. he's typecast, but he yeah, but he's it, been typecast, which is a shame. But but yeah, he does. He starts off the whole narration talking about had the the history of the chicken ranch more so yes. and all the problems that had come through and how it became known as the chicken ranch which is hilarious which was a fun story and seattle has a similar true story so this happened a lot with whorehouses actually during the depression hey. this is a thing 
This is very much a thing, apparently. And this was actually based loosely on a true story. I wonder how many guys walked into the whorehouse and was like, do you want to see my cock? <laughs> Dude, all of them. All of them made that joke. You know they I would did. have done that. So, yeah, absolutely. How could you not? I brought a little cock oh, for you. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, holding a chicken. Um, I remember. I think, I, think I said it. Panning. I like the when they were panning across the scene of the guy sitting on the bench and the guy was holding two chickens. Though that was great. That was great. The girl kind of looks at them, looks at at her her boss at the time, and she's like, "All right, put him out back. We'll- <laughs> I'll figure it out when we're done." I think is what she said. She's like, "Ada, just put it out back. I'll deal with it later." Yeah, I thought was super hilarious, and. <laughs> There's like an entire acre of just like white because it's all chicken. Chickens. Just meat birds as far as the eyes can see. And I think what's really humorous is how much they talk about this whorehouse as if it is an institution, that it is that it is something that is very above board and and not um it's promiscuous. Really, it's yeah, very clearly a staple of the community. It's like going down to the grocery store. Like it it's this town does not run without this whorehouse in it. Like, it has to be there. And well, the woman who runs it keeps the girls away from the townspeople. She yeah. makes her civic donations. She, she, like, she's got all kinds of plaques for being this great citizen of the year type thing. Yeah, this model citizen. Like, she does, she's, she's very good. She's clearly integrated herself into the community in the most aggressively positive way possible. Um, kind of like churchgoers when they first initiate. Like we had this church in the mall that came in, and they were going around giving people still sandwiches. Still cracks and me stuff. up. The mall no, church. No, oh, guys. Anyway, <laughs> handing out sandwiches at a mall. We have to put on the mall church. We will. We, we have, have to have a talk episode about all the random local shit that we have. And we do. That mall church is still here, too. It's just not the mall anymore. Is the church still in it? Oh, yeah. It's called Mission City Church or something like that. They have their own real location. Anything with mission in the word is... Those are recruiters. Super fucking creepy. They're recruiters. Yeah. And and then, of course, we have the Yellow Deli. Yeah, we have a lot of culty types. sandwich! And for that matter, I can easily show you where the Jehovah's Witnesses lie. Okay. Anyway, someone tried to trade me to the twelve tribes for uh, leatherworks for an extended period. That's a story for another day. (laughs) I was just trying to figure out how much we'd get for her now if we did it. Um, I think. Well, if you we're in the town, like a fourteen-year-old girl, so I probably was worth quite a lot. Island Pond. He drove me out to way out to Island Pond, where part of the twelve tribes are. Took you out to the crazy cult island pond. Yeah, and took me on a compound and was like, look, they all share communally. And there was a little shop where they like made their own clothes and leatherworks and stuff. Uh-huh. And they tried to like encourage it, like, look, the women don't even wear they're so cute. But what I saw in my 14-year-old millennial brain was one, a bunch of women dressed in curtains, all staring at their feet. Not one girl talked to me, and the dude was screaming about how everyone came and took our kids. I was like, this sounds scary i would like to go now and and he brought me home because i didn't want to stay and you have to be a willing participant like they can't kidnap people um 
but I often wonder how much how much raw leather I would have been worth. <laughs> Three goats and a chicken. <laughs> uh -oh. That was bad. Oh! <laughs> well, that's the podcast, everyone. Thanks. So, <laughs> so as the deputy is sitting there and giving off this story, you come to learn pretty quickly that Miss Mona, who has now inherited the chicken ranch and it's now her she show, was the best girl, and so she inherited, is it. seeing the town sheriff on the side. Uh, Bruce, they almost said Bruce Willis, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> he's got a very Bruce Willis esque to him, no? But he's the original Bruce Willis. He's Burt Reynolds. Oh. Uh. And uh, they've been they've been real good friends for a long time. Yeah, they a very long time. Yep. They know each other very intimately. <laughs> and they have and a cute have little song that goes along with it. This whole thing is a musical. The music is just absolutely wonderful. It's so amazing. First, Lots you're pastel colors and yeah, it's fun. You're first introduced to the Chicken Ranch through one of Miss Mona's songs, and then it goes into her girls and the rules that she has for the girls right off the bat, so that you are aware of kind of the the, the why setup. it works the way it why works. it works for them. Yeah. Basically, and this is part of the beginning where I was like, "Oh no, my age is going to cause a problem for this." And there is a very noticeable, very nice. African-American woman who is there that they put her in a mammy type role and as 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 cute and as nice as she is etc the implications of today run very strong over that well, she's not the only call her a, a body shaming name like I think they call her I don't remember what they call her but it's not a nice name it's not okay. um, which I found really annoying and having one sex worker of color so that she can sleep with the one dude of color in the cast is not diversity. They disagree. They did at the time, for sure. Yeah, but back then it at was... At the time it was diversity? Yeah, that was, yeah, back, back in the 80s, that, that was that was a big deal. But don't they call her Porky? Isn't that what, what they call her? That's they what do. they call yeah. her. They call her Porky, yeah, Porky, and I remember being real uncomfortable and angry right away. And she, and she treats it like it's very cute. But, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. just, yeah, and they have her treat it like it's, it's they did. And it like, oh. Ryan comes in and was like, oh, hi, Porky, or whatever. I was like, oh, no, they didn't. They did not just call her that. I was like, that's upsetting. It was very much like the name they gave the uh -huh. one Asian character in the invitation where you were like, really? Yeah. I think they called him like Chang or something, and you were like, yeah. "Wow!" Yeah. Very stereotyped, it, and it was like, "Really, do better, people." And that's that's kind of how I felt when they had this woman interact. Where I was like, "I want so I get what they're trying to do, and I get that when the movie was made, this would have been a joke that like was fly." But because of because of my this was the point where I was like, "My age is gonna be problematic for me in this movie," and I can already fucking tell. Well, and I, Richard too. I was like, "Okay, I know this movie was made in the '80s, but..." I didn't know if it, it was like a rags riches thing where it's like it's made in the 80s, but it's supposed to be set in the 60s. And he's like, nope, it was made in the 80s, set in the 80s. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Which is like, oh, my millennial heart. Pretty much. I was like, you, oh, my, okay. Better. Like. <laughs> so one afternoon while, while 
the sheriff Ed Earl Dodd is having his his afternoon fling with Miss Mona. His sheriff comes and interrupts them so that he to let him know that there is problems brewing in Houston from a television personality who has become known for exposing things that are off in with with Morally with different products. Sound, I would find like them. putting the. I was it almonds in the chocolate bar. He was supposed to have sixty three almonds, and by God, he was going to make sure it had sixty three almonds. Peanuts, and it was eighty two. Oh. I don't know if I remember random facts like that, but that's what my brain does. I'm Why glad you, you did. I was don't know. No, I think it was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be like a good Goodman bar, but they can't say that. You know, ah, yeah, remembers random shit like that. Like I, I don't know why. Well, Mister Goodbar, I never forget a Mister Goodbar. I love Mister Goodbar. That's probably why, because I love Mister Goodbars, and he's like, hey, it's supposed to have eighty-two peanuts, not half, not pieces, not blah blah blah, eighty-two not peanuts. Not pieces, not half. Sure gonna have eighty-two peanuts in it. So he thinks that he's got into his head that he's just gonna go up to tech uh, to Houston and talk to this guy. So and that's yeah. why I kept thinking it was like. Set in the 60s because the way that he kept acting was very like 60 ish sounding. He's like, Oh, I have all these connections. I'm just going to get on the phone and make phone calls and it'll go away. And I'm like, That's no, no, dude. That's not how it works. Well, and they keep, as the thing goes on, if I remember correctly, they keep kind of mentioning how, like, you don't understand TV. You don't yeah. understand how bad this is get, this could get. Which made me think that TV was relatively new, which would have been the 60s. Well, I mean, it, it would have been more like, I think, the 40s. When did the TV come out? 30s. 30s. Well, 30s publicly. They're, it existed in the 20s, but... Right, but it didn't really become, like, household common until, like, the 50s and 60s. 50s, 50s yeah. are where it was heat blew up. But right. even then, we're still looking at a few years after that, but... He is in a small backwards town where I'm not sure that he actually pays attention much to things like television. Just because it's not important to you doesn't mean it's not important to everybody. It'd be like somebody saying, well, I don't care what they put on the internet. How's it ever going to affect me? Give it time. The internet is for porn. 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 Oh, sorry. Ah, the internet is for porn. The internet is for porn. For porn. I know that song. And please make sure you go see Avenue Q if you've enjoyed this little rendition of The Internet is for Porn. There's also a great YouTube video with little Minecraft characters. It's pretty fun. Not Minecraft. Uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah. Wow. World of Warcraft, yep. Yep, it's well, well, all these politicians are getting super upset that they are talking about, you know, the chicken ranch. Earl Dodd because is like, it was I'll only appropriate as long as no one talked about it. Right. right. Which is also pretty accurate about how sex work was handled for many years. It's very true. They're like, everyone uses it. We just all pretend we're too good for it. And then blame the sex workers when we get caught. Right. So, we gave the money, I'm not bad. I'm drawn that way. It's not my fault. <laughs> you lured me into this thing. Are you it's a mile out of town. It's not my fault. While he is with up, the and, and he right. actually starts visiting with with this with this host, uh, Melvin P. Thorpe. He he starts to visit with him, and he Thorpe is giving him this very happy, go lucky version of what 
he's sideswiping the the issues, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Ed doesn't understand that, and he's moronically thinking it's all going smoothly. There is a, a very much a, a small town mind versus big city, big city mind, I guess. Yeah. Where it's very much like he thinks everyone's being polite, but if you if you listen to the nuance, he's very clearly being yada yada over and like, oh yeah, I'm totally not gonna go there and slander it. It's yep. just honest reviews. Right. Now it's interesting because it interrupts yeah. this scene where you jump to the football game where it's the national the 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 state um what is that word that i'm looking for championship uh, no it's a, it's a state uh they do it every year annual thing that they do for these guys whoever wins the state football game they pay for all these 19 year olds to go have an evening at the we chicken ranch it, like when i was in school it was like pep rally it was the last big game of the year and it was usually between two competing schools for us it was st jnli but most and alumni is- don't send them to a whorehouse. Even I got to admit they were doing what? <laughs> yeah, but- and that's what I was like, oh, okay. So they're cornering the, their their elected official congressman, whoever he was, into guaranteeing them that he was still giving them their trip to the chicken ranch, even yeah. though he knew, he also knew what was brewing. And and it kind of kind of goes along with it. Oh, yeah, sure am. Then it switches back to to um, Melvin P. Thorpe in the start of his show, and immediately he comes out with a song. Texas has a whorehouse in it, and you just see all the looks at everybody's face, and it just pan scans all your common individuals and how they react to this. And everybody's and, like, "Oh!" And oh, it's oh. genuinely hilarious. Uh, and then he outs outs the the sheriff right there because he's like, "Yeah, that man." And was letting it go off, dude. I when I and he's just, just like in the box watching the TV show, and then he's like, "Oh, he helped himself what? to a beer." Seriously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh no! It's like watching a parent who doesn't know their teenagers recording them for TikTok. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it is the same cringy feeling of like, oh no, you had no chance. So then he is getting advice from all these elected officials that he needs to at least have the chicken ranch shut down for a couple days until it blows over. Here right. is another problem. And he goes to tell Miss Mona this. Miss yeah, Mona yeah. agrees. Utilize we're busy. No, she does not at first. She, she, she promises afterwards that she absolutely wouldn't do it. Finally, you're right. There is a huge argument over this. But well, she agrees that if that if Ed, Ed Earl is insisting that fine, she will do it. Although it does cut off money for like a few days. Oh, and that's the, here's the thing with, this is another example of like, okay, this is, I get that Dolly Parton is making fun of the male gaze through the female gaze. And that's kind of what we're getting and loved it for the most part. But this is one of those things where I went from enjoying the movie. This is another part that like pulled me out of it. Went from enjoying the movie to screaming at my TV about how, oh yeah, her job is just disposable. Just make her shut down her business. Fuck their money and their needs and their wants. You show up whenever you want and get your rocks off, but shut her shit down. No one cares about her consequences. And had a whole fucking, and Julian just sat there and was like, I don't think you get the movie. (laughs) 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 
again she's, became very clear that I am too far away from this. She's very pro Dolly. <laughs> I was very upset at the audacity of the sheriff. That's amazing. Oh, I love it. I was very mad at him. And then she went and did it anyway, and I was like, "Good on you, honey." Yeah. Well, she, so she agrees that she was going to shut down. Well, then she's reminded after the fact that it is the night of the football, and it's and it's an the institution night. that they are all coming to. And she's like, "Well," she, and she asks, "She asks." Okay? Sorry, one one second, everyone. Is Owen outside, honey? No. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We saw Lucifer in the backyard chilling. That's good. Didn't we skip an entire part of the movie where Thorpe comes to we'll town? Stowen's mom. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh no. Uh, no, because we're so that where she agrees to it. Then he, while she's agreeing, oh, you know, you're right. It happens just before she agrees to it. Yeah, because this is where he shoots into the sky and pushes them into the the fountain, and then he. Right. Right. We skipped an entire part of the movie. So as Ed Earl goes down to warn her, to, and he wants getting his politicians on their back, trying to get her to shut down. Um, the Melvin P. Thorpe comes to town, and he starts. A, he doesn't mean to start. He means to start a riot, but he doesn't realize how far to go. And Ed Earl thinks he's going to put an end to it, and he confronts him in front of cameras. In the middle of the town square, as he fires guns off at him, sending sending the TV host into a into this weird rage, where he was like, "I'll get you if it's the last thing I do." As he's taking off in his van that's got the doors he open, he had like and- a bizarre temper tantrum. <laughs> he yeah. really did. That was, yeah, that's where we get my favorite line in the movie, where the the, the one of the town people was like, "The girls have been to a doctor." Clean. Super fair. They're clean. It's fine. I just love it when he talks to the woman. He was like, what do you think about a whorehouse, having a whorehouse in town? She's like, quite frankly, I love it. My husband would go up there every Friday night and give me a break. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our Friday nights were great. He'd go up there and give me a break and I'd have a couple hours of peace and quiet. (laughs) It was amazing. So, of course, this is why, because he makes television with him, is why everybody in in higher-ups in the political parties are all like, you need to shut her down for three days. And he's like, I will go ask her. So he he goes, and they have, and now that catches them back up to where she's agreed to put on the football game anyway. Right, yeah. So, he's like, shut it down, and she's like, all right. miles until we get to heaven. And Ed Earl leaves thinking he's successful and not realizing that all of a sudden she remembered about the football game. Then you It's sw- the biggest money maker of the year for her. So you switch it and then the next scene you see is Riddick's favorite scene with all the guys in the locker room as they were in many states of undress singing about how they're gonna get laid. Um <laughs> It's twenty miles till heaven, and then it's ten miles till heaven, and five miles to heaven, and then, then the, they, the, but their bus breaks down. At and then that, and then that farmer gives them a ride, and then stays, which I think is hilarious. Oh, he stays, and it's great. And at this particular time, too, you realize 
that even the even the the political representative that is there and comes in with Miss Mona's check has been to the chicken ranch himself because she asks him about the kids and his 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 wife and his kids and blah 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 and he also stays, which is also uh-huh. funny to note. <laughs> I mean, it's an institution. Hold on, I gotta make sure my kid can run away. And now Melvin P. Thorpe has decided that he can. He's going to break and entering and break into the chicken ranch after their little party has started. And he goes in with his film crew and he opens up doors and all kinds of stuff as people are having sex to catch them on tape in the act and to and take expose her. Right. And everybody else, including the, the state representative who's there. But this is after the mayor gives him permission. Now we skipped over the whole mayor. Mayor? The mayor. Because the only. I'm, I'm confused. The mayor, okay. right? Or is it the governor? Sorry, the governor. The governor's song. Oh, he hasn't gotten to that yet. That's his next step. No, not that happens after the whole the whole break in, and he decides that he's going to go up to Texas to or go up to the Senate House to talk to the governor himself. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, phew. No, that song's great. I love okay. that song. Well, we got, okay. Right, right, because right, that's what's supposed to close it down permit, right? Permanent yeah. close it down. Because now they have national news and he is put it on the air. Right. And he has this huge fight with Dolly Parton. How he, she was supposed to shut it down and that was a fight that didn't look like it was going to be fixed. Right, yeah, because he was supposed to protect her and, yep, and he yep. basically calls her a whore and she calls him a Asshole. Uh, yeah. Huh. Where, where this is where she mentions one of the things that Kat got was she thought that that Ed Earl was married and and having an affair on on his wife with Dolly Parton. And it's like, no, they're not married. I, in fact, I'm pretty sure she knows. I don't. I very clearly get the impression that she's more like his beard for his right. His, just day in town with her and the, and the kid. And looks respectable. Right, yeah. And then Dolly's supposed to just be a side piece and blah, blah, blah. And... Yeah. You want to go out there? Hold on, I gotta put the dog out. Whoa. I'm here! Dog's gonna go out there. <clears throat> Dogs, what? It's not a nice thing to call sex workers. No! Let oh, uh, BB out of the bedroom. So now that he has, her and him have fought, he decides that the only thing he can do to possibly save her is to go talk to the governor before the governor makes up his mind. Which, yeah. of course, this brings in the governor and how much fun he is. I want to learn his hat trick. I feel like every governor in the, in the entire nation has watched this movie and has taken lessons from him. Yes. Not they should. They really should. Everybody needs to learn how to sing and dance with him and learn to do his weird hat trick where he puts it on sideways and then turns his head and it like falls off his head. And, and, for Sar- and for stars, it's Charles Durning. And Charles Durning is, of course, excuse me, hilarious. He always has been hilarious. Um, there honestly, there isn't the a bad sisters. actor in this movie. There isn't. No. Not at all. Um, so he goes up to see the governor, and here's where, thanks to a fantastic song and dance, you realize that the governor hasn't made any decision, even though Melvin P. Thorpe is pressuring him, and now 
Ed Earl Dodd is trying to pressure him into making a decision about the chicken ranch. He's waiting to see what the polls say, if the polls want him to or not. And in doing so, he has this delightful little sidestep swong that everybody needs to see. It is amazing. Even if you just watch that particular part of the movie, it's fantastic. It's a good song to like dance to and he dances to and it's just got a really good beat and it's just Fantastic. It, end, it makes me happy. It does. It makes the heart happy. It does. And of course, in the end of this, the verdict comes down that they are going to shut down the chicken ranch. For good. For good. Yeah, they are. Apparently. Because now everybody knows about it, and now we can't all pretend that we're not doing it. So now we got to shut it down. I mean, now they could have just slapped the collected taxes off of her and been fine. She yep. already paid huge donations. She did. To the football league of all places. Yeah, she's helped contributing to rape culture. What? <laughs> well, I don't know. From, from the way they talk, that it prevents people from raping. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a way to look at it. Maybe we just stop. But that's. And that's one of the things about Dolly that I'm like, I get it, because if we just stop acting like sex with. Uh, like older teenagers is not a real thing. The sooner we stop pretending that that doesn't happen, the sooner we'll stop having pregnant teenagers run around. And, and the stop the 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 spread of all kinds of diseases. Because once again, I think that's why they emphasize to make you like them. The girls made sure that they always kept themselves very clean and very together, and right. etc. And they had doctors' visits, and they you know so mm -hmm. yeah, it it was a safe place versus going up and just knocking up someone or. Yeah. You know, which is weird to say. It's kind of like t telling it's okay for junkies to have a safe place to shoot up. It's just... Uh, Depends on your argument. I'm, fair. I'm one of the people that will argue for that because I would rather them be safe than sick in the street. So maybe that will help you better with this movie because it does seem to be a good argument that the, does keep a, almost an entire population in a state. I don't have a problem problems. with sex work. I have a problem with men who utilize sex work and then pretend they don't the moment it's out in the open. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's like every that's my issue. Like every politician in this film. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Which I love the fact that they do that. Like, they make it very well known. Aww, so this leaves her having to tell the girls that... They have to disband and that they have to and that they're going to close down. And one one of my favorite things about this is the song. Um, as far as I know, this is the first time the the song um, "Hard Candy Christmas" is, was used, and it was That's used what the documentary in the documentary. Said, yeah, oh, yeah. It's not it's not a Christmas song as it's being used today. It is a very well, sad. It's not really about Christmas. At all. This theme just happens around that time of year. I, I don't even know if, if it does happen in the winter. Uh, does it? I don't I don't yeah. know. Well, like, it's Texas, so you wouldn't be able to tell. Right. I, I figured, I figured that they were comparing it to having a no Christmas is that sad, lonely feeling you're getting as you're walking away. Oh, that's a way to think about it. I thought we were just what they were trying to give you like a time as, gap of sorts. As far as I know, it wasn't seasonal. I think it does actually because the football game was around Thanksgiving because they mentioned that 
And then if you look at the the stuff as the girls are packing, some of them pack what look like Christmas presents. You were right. I thought that was just to include the Christmas song. Like, I always figured, oh, they're just using it to to emphasize the song, allowing your mind to connect it to Christmas. I mean, it's kind of a metaphor, too, because it's it's supposed to be this time of year where everything's lucrative and we're, like, giving and stuff. And her business is being attacked. And right. her girls are going to lose their job. And this is a problem. <laughs> this is not good. Exactly. Um, so this version of the song is very hard to find in any kind of a download or, or anything I know because I like the song. And I feel it's more, it's more impactful if you have the different voices playing the roles instead yeah. of just Dolly Parton's. But Dolly Parton has a version on the radio that is played at Christmas time that is just her, and it it loses the impact this song has. It loses for this like movie. the different people involved in the situation, right? And how? Yeah. <laughs> so, for anybody that who did know, <laughs> it's not really what I would classify as an authentic Christmas song, but. <laughs> well, and that's why when in the documentary, when they were like, they were a Christmas song. And then I listened to the song and I was like, there's nothing about Christmas in this song. It doesn't, if I remember correctly, it doesn't even really mention it. The whole song is about her changing her entire sense of self to make other people happy. Exactly. Um, so you get that very, very, very sad moment. But one of the girls during this scene tells Miss Mona that they were surprised that they were getting shut down after everything Earl Dodd tried to do for her. And she's like, well, what did he do? And she's like, he went up to speak to the governor about you. And I think that really emphasizes how much she's really losing by not having, allowing him back in her life, because she clearly has blocked him. Though I would, or I, I mean, I got her point of view, though, and I kind of, this is another, and it's, it's movie of the time, it's fine, it's a trope that's used all the time. I'm still going to allow me to stand on my box of soap for a moment. Just up here above all the little people. Don't worry, just let her go for a minute. I'll get her down. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. Keep going. um, She does make the point, though, when he's like, you promised to shut down. She's like, well, what is the point of paying for all this protection if you can't actually protect me? If I am shutting down my business and having to make all these changes... What are you here for? What am I paying you to do? And even though he did try to, like, I get that he tried to talk to a governor and whatnot, and he tried to kind of argue, but he still was like, well, the way I'm going to protect you is by you shutting down your shit. Because everything else isn't working out. In fairness, one thing that he did do for her was not shut her down because he had the authority to do so. Because even she didn't really view it as being illegal. She didn't shut down though. She went ahead and did the thing. She ends up she chasing the guy out with shotguns. Which right, is, but she was. But she was bl- with a shotgun is an image to behold. Oh, but, she, but she was blaming him, and it was like, no, no, no. What he does for you is looks the other way. <laughs> he does say when she caught when she, when I feel she starts causing trouble, I'll shut her down, and he doesn't ever shut her down until he's finally forced to by the governor. That's a fair point. I would still argue it falls in the line of I utilize this resource and everyone uses it, but now that it's out in the open, it's no. no, I can can see that point too, because she does say, you know, like, you're supposed to protect me. Why didn't you protect me? 
Course, uh, yeah, and, just from her point although of view, he didn't, Although he didn't know that she needed protection because he didn't know she was going to have that party. Because Andy does say that to you, but he didn't know you needed protection because you told me you closed down and then you go and do this. Like, I can see both. It's uh, the most money she makes all year! Okay, I'm going to kick you off your soapbox now. Huh? <laughs> okay, fine, I stepped down. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll let you rant. I'll let you have your point. Down. <laughs> you need a newspaper that you can hit the speaker with. I just need to, like, the, you know, rolled up newspaper. I'm like, okay, you've had it. Yeah. <laughs> or get the water bottle. I just did, like, a squirt bottle. Like, hold on. Let me get this. <laughs> hold, squirt hold, on. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. All right. Get down. Get down. <laughs> like a cat on a counter. No. <laughs> I'm not actually gonna squirt you because there's water in here for the lizard, but like, <laughs> there's a screen in the way, but I will hiss and run away. And now we get down to the final day of of her actual moving day from the chicken ranch, yeah, and and Sheriff Ed Earl Dodd comes driving up, and he doesn't really give her a choice, but yet she yeah. always has a choice. And she just kinds of lets him order her into into his truck. Yeah, she is kind of just like, yeah, okay. As he decides sure. he's going to really ask her to marry him, tell her to marry him, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Which is a very Burt Reynolds thing to do. <laughs> Seems oh. that tracks. It tracks. Meow! We have a rare appearance from the Duncan. And then, of course, this leads you to going back to Deputy Fred, who's now become the sheriff, and talking about where everyone else is still in the stream of things, and, of course, of how the legend of was born of the chicken ranch in Texas. Chicken ranch in Texas? He's the sheriff now. He's the sheriff. Now, fortunately, I managed to do this without any kind of a write-up. I know Kat didn't get her write-up, because I know it was hers. And we still made it through the film. It's probably very fast for you guys, and I'm very sorry, but I really had no notes on this movie. We had a rough few days ago. And, and I was yeah. getting the feeling you really wanted me to to do this one. I do, but not quite that fast. Well, we did we do it fast, still, though. I still have things to talk about that we can chat about, but we got through the timeline, so now you know the movie. Thank right. you. Right, yeah, and we have, you know, we're not going to be like, okay, bye, we're done. No, we got things to talk about, because we, we do have things to talk about. And the music is phenomenal. This movie should be watched for the music. Should be watched to see yeah, Dolly Parton as a madam. And when should the be... cute little nuances when they're reading the rules and the girl with the tattoo says no tattoos is is lots of fun. Like there's a lot of fun, like little sarcasm and thinly veiled. Yeah, well, and that's the thing I was thinking about as we were going through this too. If you take out the music clip, the movie's probably about this long. It's probably short. Yeah. yeah. It's a very tight little movie. A lot of the things that we skipped over were all the musical numbers. So the movie runs 114 minutes, and when you take music out of that 114 minutes, you're probably down to an hour. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah, I believe it. Like, right in that little area, probably a little shorter, yeah. even. I mean, there's no point in us sitting here and being like, oh, yeah, the guys, when they're when they're in the in the locker room, you know, the, the one guy is wandering around butt naked because he doesn't have a towel on, and then it pans over, and they're all in the shower, and then it pans back, and this one guy's jumping in the laundry hamper, and now he's pushing this other dude down the hallway, and they're all running around half naked, and now they're doing this. Like, you don't you don't want that. Like, 
Okay, maybe well, like you, you I, I assume maybe you don't want that, but we're not gonna do that. Like that's no, we're not gonna do that. Also, mostly because I would really like one of the things we have talked about on this podcast. I'm sorry, one more time. I said you guys have to watch it. Yeah, like we talked right. about on this podcast is even if you think you're not gonna like it, then you like go experience this movie. It's a staple. And it don't cut just... hemorrhages art. It made just under $70 million domestically in its initial Highest run. of its year. And um, you, there was a couple of nominations for the Academy Award from it. None that it actually won, but... Um, that was my next question. I was like, really? The governor, the guy who played the governor, won the uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Um, it had Golden Globe Award nomination for Best Motion Picture in Musical and Comedy, and for Parton as Best Actress in Musical or Comedy. And they didn't win? They should have. I don't know. It's not saying that they did. Um, they should have gotten at least, like, comedic musical number. Like, for their, yeah. the music in this is gold. Not music. It really is. He's gotten best actress and supporting actor. Like, oh my god, the governor was fantastic in the five minutes that he was on screen. Like, he is hilarious. It's a lot of fun, actually. He just uh, popped on the screen right now. In the time that we started this podcast, the movie has been playing, and that's where we're at right now. Is the governor has just showed up with all his paparazzi and nonsense and his crazy cowboy hat. I love that. Being epic. I want to learn that trick with the cowboy hat because I I know you guys can't see, but what he does is he turns the cowboy hat sideways on the top of his head and then he turns his head and it falls onto his hat perfectly and then he moves in whatever direction the cowboy hat fell. It it should be a Marlboro Man commercial. It's (laughs) flawless every single time he does it and it is fantastic. I want to know how many takes. I do too. Like, I really do. Another thing I found charming is there is, like, the side scene work in this movie is fantastic. There's, like, little things that you'll see. Like, it pans across and you see a fan over a bowl of ice, very 70s and 80s. And then as you pan up, you notice that the fan in the bowl of ice is pointed up between one of the girl's legs. And she is cooling herself. Yep. And it makes me giggle. So the reason why the everything that won that year was an officer and a gentleman. Oh, up where why. we belong, one for best song. That's why, and that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's usually always a reason, and ET yeah. was out that year against it too. Oh, that's a monolith. Yeah, yeah. monster, huge. As anyway, was Tootsie, Victor, Victoria, yeah. officer and a gentleman. Um, Ryan just told me that I should watch Tootsie. It's fun. Victor nice. Victoria is fun too. Daz Boot was up. Sophie's Choice. Mm, all good movies. Daz Boot. Yeah, any any type of innuendo that can be seen in this movie is going to be seen in this movie. And trying to find them all as you watch the movie is fantastic. There right. is nudity, but it's light nudity. Or yeah, kind of like there's a couple of scenes, but it's done tastefully. It's, I yeah, think. like you I, see, you do see some naked butts in the shower scene with the boys in the locker room. You see some boobs in the opening number, but it's it's not. I think the most nudity you see is when TV dude shows up with his cast and crew and tear ass through the house, and they're kicking doors open and catching people mid coitus. There's some boobs. There's some butt. 
There's a woman in a bed smoking a joint, which I found super hilarious. Yeah. Was just like chilling with their joint yeah. and the guy. And they don't get up. That's the part. Everyone else gets up and is like, blah. And then this is this couple are just the kick in the door and they're just like, and they just continue to sit there. They don't, they can't be bothered. Yeah, they don't move, yeah, don't move like, at all. Good. Like, yeah, but we're, we're good. Just close the door. Let us be. We're like, fine. It cracks me the fuck up every time I watch it. Um, my son did catch scenes of it. It is, there's enough, I feel like, pastel and flowing fabric and music so that even my nine-year-old would walk by and be like, what's going on over here? And kind of watch it for a second. And he'd like dance a little bit to the music. And then he'd walk away because the dialogue bores him. Because he's that age. But... Apparently, nobody told my son that Jess was going to go pick him up. So he just called me. He was like, are you coming to get me? No. Oh! <laughs> and then he's like, because uh, I was like, yeah. He's like, are you? And then he's like, oh, there's, there's Jess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> Good talk. Bye. <laughs> no, I'm not coming to get you. <laughs> Someone is coming to get you. It's fine. Not me. Anyways, that little whorehouse is rated R, so you know. Yes, probably because of all the boobies. Because there's, of the a, there's a lot of boob, but no one cusses. No, um, not really. It was so it against her rules. Just the nudity. It was against her rules. You could not do that. Yep. That's true. Oh, that made. Oh, is this one of those movies where her on, her rules in the movie are actually rules that they follow for the making of the movie? That's some of them are. Like, some of the rules that we follow through, like the the no swearing, um, always wash yourself. Oh, I did, I did like that. It took me a minute, and this is, again, this is because I'm too far away. Where she was, she's listing the rules, and she's like, I don't want anyone tying up my phone lines with other people's business. And I was like, now that seems asshole. They can't, like, call people. And then I realized, I was talking to my mom, and she was like, do you know how the fuck much a phone bill would be for 15 girls? Absolutely. Just casually calling around in a time when there were such thing as peak hours and shit. And I was like, oh. Oh, fuck, that's a good point. Because <laughs> I have no yeah. concept of that. I haven't heard the word peak hours since I was mm, seven. Or, right, yeah. Yeah, and it just never... That was something I heard in passing. And so someone had to point out to me, like, dude, money. Right. That's why there was the, like, 9 to 9 hours, because it was, like, free from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Because they weren't. Was that the hours where there were outside yeah, of the peak hours? Right? Wasn't that what it was? Like, 9 p.m. to 9 a.m.? Or maybe it wasn't free, but it was, like, Lower 9 rates. a minute or something. It was stupid and cheap to call after 9 p.m. Like, if you call on noon for an hour, you're spending... See, that's insane oh. to me! So, you know, her 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 tattoo rule was only for their thighs. She just doesn't like thigh tattoos? And she says, and please don't show us no tattoos, no, no hearts and flowers on your thigh. It's downright tacky. So, I'm assuming it's part of what, you know, because of the costumes or the, you know, the, the uniforms, if you want to say, or lack of. I, I thought she was just making the comparison of tattoos in general. And maybe. then on the thigh was very common for women oh. in that time. So maybe that's, um, maybe that's the case. Because it was discreet. You could cover it. 
And so, but that one girl who says it has one right on her shoulder. <laughs> She's just like, it's right there. Like, so, so it might just be particular because she does compare it to branding. It looks like a cow brand. Yeah. Yeah. Which became, I would argue, is the tramp stamp argument of today. And it said yeah. beds are not to be wallowed in. That's the thing that big, fat, lazy hogs do. And Which I, a goes, little bit was like, you're not allowed to be sad. And it says, don't make People money. Have, no, no, you're just not allowed to be sad in your bed. Where are you supposed to be sad? In the living room on the couch. Duh. In front of people? Yeah. This seems unfair because in that situation, you that's like when the cult leader is like, you can talk to me about anything in think front of everyone. Think about okay, it. So, so are, they work. So the way wallowing is used, okay. it's verb if an, a person or animal wallows water, mud, or lie, or roll about in it slowly for pleasure. So it's not sad. What not wallowing means means huh, kind of wasting away. You're right. Where else would you wallow? Hang on, let me go to the get the definitions. Wallowed. If you say <laughs> someone like is wallowing, is where that would be appropriate. So it's you use it as a verb. If you say someone is wallowing in an unpleasant situation, you're criticizing them for being deliberately unhappy. Or if a person or or the second version is if a person or animal wallows in water or mud, they lie or roll about in it slowly for pleasure. Like, uh, never have I heard such a good excuse for wallowing in deep, warm baths. That's a very polar use of the same word. Yeah, it, it was makes okay. it hard to determine what she's saying. Fuck the English language, man. Fucking hate well, it was okay because I did. I didn't realize that wallowed could be considered sadness. So when you were just saying, it's like, what is she talking about it right now? A positive. And I'm like, huh? So the more you know, the more you know. Yay! English is fun. <laughs> Learning in English, yay! Words. And then she said she can't stand no chewing gum. It looks just like a cow. Any bad habit you come in with, get rid of now. And if one takes sick time, she you better make sure they're real sick. That one, I was like, like, I was, uh, anyone who takes a sick day, and I was like, ah, and then she said, I better be sure they're sick, and I was like, oh, I thought she was going to be like, you're fucking fired or something. <laughs> and when the bell to rings, you get it here double quick. Yep. And at first I thought it was, because, you know, I hadn't seen the movie before, and I hadn't gotten farther in the movie yet. So at first when she said that, I was like, what, or be late to dinner and not eat? And then when she rung the bell later on in the movie, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> not dinner. <laughs> I did. I also found it very cute, out of touch, but very cute that they were like, girls were like, do we have to wear the dumb prom dresses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, we're creating an experience for them. It is. It's but then that crazy. number was freaking amazing yeah, I think that one was one of my favorites when they all start stripping out of the prom dresses and stuff like those dresses were designed in such a great way where they just came off in flourishes yeah. it was really fun to watch and there's fabric everywhere yeah and the different layers to get down to what they were wearing underneath like i i really like they were bitching complaining about having to wear them but they were amazing dresses they were and something like actually a really soapbox a good soapbox 
A really positive thing that I found in this movie that was actually like wildly comforting and a little bit like, huh, well, fuck me, was uh, everyone looks of age in this movie. There's no yeah. like freakily young girls in that house. They all look like appropriate adults. All the guys are young but look just, like adults. Right? Yeah, even even yeah, they're all they're supposed to be 18, 19, but I wouldn't put any of them younger than, you know, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, like yeah. I saw a lot of well-aged actors that I was like, "Oh, I feel I can feel comfortable with this because I'm not like, how old is she?" Yeah. Right. And how old are you? <laughs> Who let this happen? Agreed. So I, really appreciate for the time that was wildly uncommon i remember in rags to riches i kept talking about how right. these girls <laughs> kept dating whole ass 35 year old men and yeah. no one was saying anything about it no it was very clear the exact opposite was here it was very clear that they had older actors playing younger roles i appreciated it a lot yeah, it, was, it was really nice especially given the context of the movie yeah and they could have Given the time, they could have pushed boundaries here and probably would have gotten away with it on a yeah. lot of levels. And they, for whatever reason, the creative choice was made not to do that. And I really appreciated it. And that could very well be, um, that very could well be that Dolly Parton was involved because she she usually has standards too of, of what she will and won't do. Yeah. Yeah. remains attached. But, like, I feel I could see. Like, because of the context of the movie, I appreciate that uh, a woman with a big voice was there to be like, no, we have to do this right or it won't translate well. Yeah. Um, she was super right, if that's the case. And thank you so much, Dolly, because it made it so I could enjoy this a little more, despite the wildly <laughs> racist treatment of the housekeeper. Yep. Yeah. Who oh, is one really fun character. She, she is great. fun. She's fantastic. It's the it was just that like when they drop her name and everyone's like ah ha ha ha. I was like oh yeah, I was oh. too. I was not. I was like of all the names you could have given her, that's the one. Yeah, and I was like really. Everything else did so good. How did we miss the? But it's like it was what it was. And she is Dolly, but she was raised in super south and super. You like it's. It's like when I was listening to her documentary and she was like, you know, um, men should be held responsible. Women should be held responsible. We are all our own people. But then followed it up with being a right pretty girl. I knew how to handle myself around men and you cover up right. And I was like, God damn it. Uh -huh. And we're back. But I really, I genuinely think that's just a time thing. Like, it's just because I was raised in a world where it is more uh, yell and scream about the atrocities of it. Yeah. And Dolly Parton would have had to, in the world she was raised in, know how to handle herself. And she is a big, blusted, but blusted? Busty, blonde, beautiful woman who probably would have had to handle a lot of bullshit. Um, I did appreciate the way she said it, though, which is I've known more good men than I've known bad men, which I would argue... I could say that too, but the, you know, it's the, it only takes a couple really shitty people to fuck us up. It only takes one, honestly. Yeah, so, but I, I appreciated her. She's smart. She is smart. We is haven't covered the, the song yet, though, because I Will Always Love You is not, not 
not. It's not Whitney Houston. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. Nope. I did not know. Who is this? Yeah, I did not know that, that was not Whitney Houston song. And uh, holy shit. Isn't Dolly Parton a class act for how she handled that business maneuver? Uh, yeah. Fuck. I just got a text message, or not text message, a Facebook group chat that says freaking nerds. And apparently I had it with me and a whole bunch of other people. What? What? Yep. This group, but I, I'm looking at my phone as if that's going to help. Freaking nerds. <laughs> oh, the group is called that. Okay. Third alert. Who's in the group? It, it, me and a whole bunch of people. It, me and Jess and Shay and Amber and their sister Bree from the fizzing stuff. That's awesome. Hold on. So it's funny because because they give the 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 um, American actress that played her 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 character's name is Jewel. Didn't they call her, um, what was Mona? the nickname? No, um, it, was it Por Porgy? No, what, what did they call her? Porky. Porky? Porky? Yep. So I'm kind of curious because there was a musical called Porgy and Bess. And if they named her Porgy, it could have been I giving a tribute to a character callback. Yeah, it, it could have been a, a yeah. tribute. Again, if we don't know that, then it just right. looks real bad. It does, yeah, and very confusing for my millennial ass. <laughs> like so many conflicts, so much drama. But yeah, no, sorry, I got distracted by that. The the Dolly Parton song and "I Will Always Love You," and to make it even better. We were doing trivia last night, and one of the questions was who who got the song. I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but anyways, it was it was "I Will Always Love You," Whitney Houston, and I was like, "But that's not her song." But it's a lie. And Jessica she made me rich. And Jessica just kind of looked at me and was like, "And I was like, but it's true." <laughs> the answer's wrong, and I'm right. Because I learned a thing tonight. Da, 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 da. No, no, it was who 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 made the song famous in '92 or whatever, whatever. The answer was. Oh, I guess Houston. yeah, that is Whitney Houston, yeah. but it was not her song. And it that's was right. Yeah, the the answer was Whitney Houston, but I was like, but it's not her song. It's Dolly's. It's Dolly's. And they don't, like, I do, and I'm sure I mentioned it on the last episode, but I really did appreciate how, like, how Dolly talked about that song and being like, yeah. Elvis wanted it. She's like, nah, I'm gonna keep it for a little bit. And literally waited till someone else sang the song, kind of without her knowing. And then turned around and was like, you, you owe me money. Yeah, which is amazing. And it's kind of like a crazy brilliant business tactical move because if you have something good eventually someone's going to try to copy it yep which is always more lucrative uh for whatever reason it's never the first guy who comes out with it who makes the big money it's always the guy who 
ganks it who makes the money. Oh I don't God. know why. Crazy. It's crazy. The group chat. I'm gonna. Oh, have to... sorry. I muted my like... phone, so they're just going nuts in there. <laughs> I told them to be quiet because I was in the podcast, and then I was like, "Never mind. I'm just gonna mute my phone." And they're like, <laughs> they're like "Okay." Yep. Love you. Oh, we got Dolly singing it. Oh, do we turn that shit off? Where's my remote? <laughs> oh my god, I wish you guys could see this. She literally just like ran off the screen to go clear up the song. She's back. Let's see if I can get the mic to pick it up. Where's my headphones? I can, I can hear it, so. Oh, please don't cry. Cause we I hope that comes through on the podcast. I hope, Dude, that, I hope that picks up. Uh, I do too. It's sounding good, so I hope it comes through. I hope so. <laughs> she actually wrote that song apparently to one of her her co-workers, producer. I guess he could be her manager for a while for the something show. Richard, help me out. Or what? Sorry? What wow. show was Dolly Parton on? Uh, TV show? Yes. Oh, um, uh, Porter Wagner? Porter Wagner, um, and she was like, I'm going to go different ways. And he was like, you need more love songs. No one cares about your mom's cattle. And so she was like, here's my goodbye song to you. Bye. That's what she did. She's a fucking gangster, dude, when it comes to like business tactical moves. She's just one smart cookie. She really is. And she's super grounded in herself. And I think a big part of that came from her ability to separate her personal world with Dolly Parton as its own brand. And it's fucking genius. Oh, and he picks her up in wedding, carries her out. I'm still pretty sure that dude's married. But okay. Oh, that's what I was Googling. Ah. So oh Shane my god, while filming the ending scene, Burt Reynolds got a double hernia from picking up Dolly Parton. Oh, no way. As he lifted her wrong and was standing on uneven ground. <gasps> oh, shit! Oh, that kind of explains why you don't really see him after she, he picks her up. Oh, oh no. Bert, sorry, dude. Yikes. So there's also a deleted scene from Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, too, where Burt Reynolds does his own song. And I I realized that, like, um, they aired it on television, but it's not been released in the footage, so you can actually go online and view it. Huh. And it is the song where Stallion's run, and it's a deleted scene. And I, I remember when, um, when I was married to my ex-wife, she was obsessed with this movie. And really? she got really angry once when we bought it on store-bought tape. And she's like, it's missing a song. And we had to go back to her mom's mom's copy. 
but they somebody has uploaded oh. it um onto onto YouTube so that you can see it. Just a fun fact. Yeah, no, you should I link it. I wonder why they pulled it. I wonder if it was yeah. a time thing. You should link it into the uh, chat. Yeah, I am right now, actually. Huh. It even has... It's from the TV airing because it's actually still in the film. It's right huh. after him and Dolly fight. Huh. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's there. All right, hang on. Okay, I don't know if you can hear that or not. Are you playing something? No, it's playing through my headset, but no, you might not be able to hear it. Hear your it. sound has cut off the um, whatever you're listening to. Okay. Like so my phone does for me. General. I can hear it, but you guys can't. Except for if I'm listening to podcasts on Marco Polo, apparently. There you go. Can't hear, can't hear it. I can't hear anything. Okay. But I can oh, try playing it. Hold on, let me see if I can play it. There's nothing dirty going on. Gosh, cat. Oh, luckily, when the movie was shown on network television due to the adult content, several scenes had to be edited to bring back the movie to two hours. The scene was put back in. Oh. Um, the ratings and end time. That makes sense. Oh, Ryan. Can you call the cat? Can you call the cat? The sun's setting. I want him to come in. Can you call the kitty? Um, so would we watch it again? Would people watch it again? How do we feel? I mean, I've... I, I, out of all of us, I was the only one that had seen it, and I've watched it at least 15 times. So my answer is, of course. And we'll probably again, watch it again. But I didn't see the movie until I was well into my mid-20s, So because I didn't know it existed, because strangely enough, even my grandmother didn't have this movie, and she loved Dolly Parton. So... um. Yeah, yeah, yes. I want to say yes, mostly because the the mayor. <laughs> watch the mayor. It's pretty great, though. Not the mayor. The, the 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 governor. The governor, not the mayor. The governor. Oh yeah, he was the governor, wasn't he? Yeah. Um. You know, here's the thing, and I think this is why it actually it it manages to jump across so many generations. I would listen to the music again. Yeah, the music's pretty good too. The numbers are really good. Yeah. I find them catchy and entertaining and Dolly Parton's a great music writer, so there it's hard not to appreciate anything she writes. I don't know if I would casually comfort movie watch this again. I'm glad it ended up being my pick because I should have had this under my belt like a long time ago, just as a pinnacle in the movie world. I don't, I don't know that I would go back to it intentionally unless I had, like, a distinct reason. Yeah, I think if somebody... Like, if I went to somebody's house and they were watching it, I'd sit down and watch it with them. For sure. But I don't think I'd be like, oh, I'm having a sad day. I'm going to sit down and watch a movie about a whorehouse. Like, I don't I don't think I'd do that, but... 
don't think it would do it for me, but I think no, I'm too far away. Yeah, but again, you know, if somebody was like, hey, you want to sit down and watch this movie with me? I'd be like, yeah, sure, yeah, why not? I've seen it. Why, I know it's good. I'll sit down and watch it with you. You know, I'll sing I, to the songs and laugh at the things. Sure. I wouldn't go out of my way, I don't think, to be like, I need to watch this movie again, you know? But I do think people should watch it. Like, it should yeah. be one of those things you've seen at least once. Yeah, you definitely Add it to the collection of movies you've watched at least once in your life. Yes. Yeah. It's Burt Reynolds. It's Dolly Parton. It's the other actors whose names are amazing that I can't remember because I'm horrible with names. The actors' name. Do either have either of you watched the TV? This is on a completely other. Well, it's not totally other. It's a sidetrack. Have either of you guys watched the TV show Archer? I love it. It's one of my favorites. Uh, you remember the episode where Burt Reynolds shows up and dates Archer's mom for a period yeah. of time? Yes, I do. Dude, Archer's mom is so undateable. I didn't get that far into Archer. Not, not gonna lie. I Dude, love it's a it. great. Just watch that episode because it's hilarious. Because the secretary just runs around going, "It's Burt Reynolds." But <laughs> she's always like that. Uh, I love the secretary. She's great. She says real inappropriate shit, but she's like I mean, tidy and skinny. She did sleep with Archer in the restroom. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, she also, I think, according to Burt Reynolds, they make a comment about... You can't find the cat. You can't find the cat? Okay, I'm almost done. My guess is that he's in the little basement area. The door's, like, open. Okay, calm down. It's okay. The basement door's open? Yeah, the one in the backyard. Interesting. Okay. I'll come out and look with you in just a second. Hey, what are you doing? So the movie stars Burt Reynolds, Dolly Parton, Dom DeLuise, Charles Durning, Teresa Merritt, Jim Neighbors, Lois Settleton, Noah Beery, Beery Jr., Robert Mandon, Barry Corbin, Mary Jo Catlett, Mary Louise Wilson, Howard K. Smith, Donald F. Mary, Colton, Mary, Mary, another Mary. Mary. Helen Cleave, Mickey Jones, Bobby Fight, Paula Shaw, Kenneth White, Ted Gearing, Renee Lundquist, Lee Grosscup, Alice Drummond, Terry Treese, Randy Bennett, and Valerie Lee Bixler. There's a, still a lot of big names in there. There's at least 10 big names, let alone all the little people. Oh, it is. It's a, like, go watch it. Go and there was it, everyone. one of the one of the girls that works for Miss Mona was actually a porn star, and that was oh. a little tidbit. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dolly Parton for hiring someone actually in the business. Ups ups. Porn stars are not often allowed to do acting roles because of the typecasting. They don't want you to be recognized. So it will happen a lot. Mm. I mean, Kat and I are going to do, even though we're recording Tuesday. And Richards are going to be abandoning us on Sunday. This leaving us. This episode will air on Sunday, and then Kat and I will do recording. I'm gonna. Are you going to do some uh, minis? Like, is it going to be minis? We're going to do something Sunday for the following Sunday because you're going to be gone that Sunday as well, right? Mm, right. We're gonna. It's going to be bonus content. We're doing minis, guys. There's actually bonus content being bonus content. Or are we gonna? record like next week's episode i thought that's what we we're gonna do anyway do we want to we're gonna do something sunday i was gonna say either way they're like bonus content is happening backup content yeah. is happening guys pay attention to the clip critics page shit's coming out 
Um, Go find us on the Patreon. You don't even have to join yet, but have it in your roster because shit's going to go up there. There's some stuff up there if you want to tour Dick Dick's collection and his beautiful house. Um, I have some pet content up there if you want to meet the clip critics, uh, pet sidekicks. There's pet content up there. And it will, it'll end up being more personal content if you want to learn about Kells and her fucking saga of learning how to be a legitimate published author and all the hair tearing joy that comes out with that. Well, okay. Yes, I'm a published author. I'm not a traditional published author. Like, I don't have... I, I don't know. Okay, I'm just finicky with the words. Maybe I should just be quiet. I'm well, just... if you need to tell me how to say it right, then I go by indie author because I publish oh, okay. them independently, and when you say legitimately published, my brain tweaks out because people think traditionally published, which is going through a publishing house and getting an agent and all that fun crap, which I'm... Do people even do that anymore? Yes, actually. Yes, they do. And I tried to do that for a few years, and after I had somebody be like, hey, we want LGBT representation, we want asexual characters, we want same-sex relationship, we want fantasy, we want adventure, we want everything that your story literally texts all the boxes on. And I went, here's the story that does all of that. And they went back, came back to me, and went, nah, this is not at all what we want. And I went, you know what, fuck traditional publishing, I'm going to publish it myself. So I did. They didn't want the Oz books either. Yeah. Don't feel bad. So I I said... It's worth well, a you read. To... You don't want to throw darts at it. You're good. Thanks, Richard. You're welcome. When are you <laughs> my, la- my copy of The Last Unicorn? Um, yes, I actually have yeah, it. I know you do. Do you still have the slides? Because I swear to God, if you keep my slides, I'm going to sh- I'm gonna murder you because they've been signed. Death on um, podcast. Your, your slides should be still fine. I haven't really looked at it. So to, I well, know that they're, they're there. It's because they're Molly. So when I took when I when I finished the book, I had it in a pile of stuff that was going downstairs. So it's sitting in my basement. Are you serious? You were there last night. You could literally oh. ten feet from it. In that, wow. in that basement, I thought I meant like the second basement. No, in, in the movie basement. What would I do? No, I would never. No, you. I treat your stuff like it was mine. Okay, good. I treat your stuff like trash, which is why I pick up the corgis and carry them around the house. Oh, treat them like trash all you want. You're fine. Did you mess it with Scanlon yesterday? Okay. He came over and sat at my feet until I picked him up and carried him around the house. Such a baby. I love him so Potato. much. Okay, I gotta go call the, cl- the cat. All right, guys, so we are gonna say goodnight, wrap it up, and I think me and Keller are going swimming, and Kat's gonna go find a cat. Yes, I am. Blah, blah. I'm gonna come over and do some night swimming, even if I just jump in quick. But yeah, you go find Night a- swimming is awesome. I'm probably finding the cat. Good luck. Yes, good luck. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.